Happy Friday, drag lovers! This week's guest is Liam Ingram, aka Ben's Manova. We chat about just about everything improv, substance abuse and recovery, the current drag climate, and just a little bit about ghosts. Liam is open and deeply sincere, unapologetic about his style of drag, but also diplomatic and considerate in the way he presents his views. Warning, I say the F word a few times in this episode, and some of the content may be a trigger if you or someone you love has struggled with addictions. So please take care. On with the show. Okie dokie. So, uh, welcome, Liam Ingram, aka Ben's Manova, to... Hi. Sarnia Famous. Uh, thank you so much for being here with me today. We had a little bit of back and forth trying to schedule. Uh, summers can be challenging, but glad we could oh, make time. absolutely. Especially within the Pride schedule. Oh. Um, I'm everywhere. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. That's something maybe we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, I'm going to write that down. If you see me frantically writing stuff down, it's just because I have a memory like Swiss cheese and I don't want to forget. I completely understand. I can't do anything without writing stuff down. So, so you're We're one the same of the people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we've never actually met, um, but you are roommates with Dave Doucette, a.k.a. Miss Amanda Villa. Amanda Villa, yeah. So yeah, Dave recommended that I reach out to you. So um, nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you as well. So here's how I picture two queens living together. Just glamour and luxury and glitz at all times is that how it um, is i would say yes and no um <laughs> our house gets full of jewelry it gets full of costumes uh miss amanda villa's costumes are all over the living room because she just had a performance this weekend um so yeah it seems like it's all glitz and glam <clears throat> but at times it does get messy uh, but we power through it. We clean up as best as we can before between our gigs. Fair enough. I do notice. Is that a mannequin head behind you? Yeah, that that's Francine. Francine. <laughs> She's got a name. Um, tell <laughs> me what's going on back there. I gotta know. Uh, okay, so basically this is um, Amanda's uh, jewelry hangout. Uh, okay. She's cleaned it up since then, and now the jewelry's on the counter <laughs> in a box, very nice and clean. Uh, but yeah, this is our breakfast nook. But normally a, a whole bunch of jewelry and stuff is spread out along it. Doubles as Francine's um, primping location. Like, I'm, I'm wondering, is that Absolutely. Kind of... I just made that name up. She doesn't actually have Oh, my God. I... Francine. <laughs> I went for it. Like, you, you said that with such conviction. I thought for sure, like, I need to refer to this mannequin head as Francine going forward. Well, see, this is, this is the what's amazing about my personality in general is that I'm very good at improv and coming up with stuff right on the fly. Absolutely. So when I, in my performances, that's how I end up going through with it is I, I describe it as I've got an idea that's here and I just walk into it and without any filter, without any thought, it just comes out of my mouth. And so that's how I kind of uh, improv my way through it. So yeah, just coming up with the name Francine, that was just on the fly. <laughs> but I that's how it. I work as a performer. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So is improv just something you've always been naturally good at it or is or is that something you've cultivated? Um, I've cultivated it. I went to a performance high school in Windsor, Ontario from 2012 to 2016. But before that, I lived in Bell River, so I had to audition to get into this uh, 
prestigious arts high school in Windsor. So I auditioned for drama. <clears throat> I got in for my grade nine year, and I continued. They, they call it WCCA, Walkerville Center for the Creative Arts, um, drama program all throughout high school. And so by my third and fourth year, I was leads and plays and all that. So, uh, But I was terrible at improv in high school. It was after the fact when I started getting into drag. My idea of theater uh, being a scripted thing, being something that it's set in stone, there's words. I had to move my idea of theater from that very boxy setting to really anything goes. <laughs> so the show is what you make it on the stage. So that's how I learned how to do improv really quickly. And also my mother has loved to embarrass me as a child. So I got really good at clapbacks real quick. So between those two things together, it's just amalgamated into something that just became part of me. I love that. It sounds like your family uh, shows affection very similarly to, to mine. Mm -hmm. If it's yeah. abuse, it means I love you. I mean, verbally, like teasing and stuff like that. I don't mean, oh my gosh, I just put my foot in my mouth. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> Holy doodle. Uh, I, I, we went to this concert last night and yep. I did not sleep very well because I was so excited. And I think our hotel was haunted. My husband will that. tell you a very logical reason for why this light kept turning on in our room. But I mm -hmm. know the reality was it was haunted. So oh, I'm there's, maybe... a, there's something that's in this house too. I feel it's an old woman. Really? Um, and then we heard about the history of this house and an old lady died on her birthday at her birthday party here in this house. In her... F Holy... Seriously? Yeah. And oh. so um, I feel a uh, woman's energy here, an old woman's energy. She stays upstairs. But when my mom, because she's very in tune with that stuff too, when my mom came, her and I had an emotional moment um, when I was talking about ENA steps because I'm a recovering addict. So mm -hmm. she said that she could never do them as not an addict. So we had this heart to heart. And then she went upstairs because we brought our guest place upstairs. And she stopped at the landing, and she looked up, and she says, "The woman's here. She's armed." Yeah. Oh my god! I got, I got. Yeah. And then she went. She went to bed. Um, I went back downstairs, and I sat on the couch for a little bit, and I felt this pressure sit on my lap. And then all of a sudden, it felt like something just like hit me, and I just started crying. Whoa. And when you look that up, it's essentially a soul that's one that's gone through you. So I don't know. <laughs> But I'm very in tune with that stuff. I can just feel things. My mom can actually see them, but I can feel them. Uh, okay. That is so cool. I have so many. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my brain is going so fast. That is super, super cool. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, I'm just gonna write down ghosts and we'll circle <laughs> back, I hope, because yeah. my brain is processing. Yeah, too many questions. Here, tell you what, here's what we're going to do and hopefully my brain will warm up and things will get better. So I have like a um, icebreaker game that was okay. gifted to the show. So it's like a little s segment of the show and it's sure. called Which One? And I'm going to give you two options and you have to choose one of the two and then tell me why. Okay. So first choice and you don't have to tell me why you're choosing the color, but I need to know if you would prefer red or blue. Red. It's lustful. It's lustful? <laughs> yeah. Love that answer. Most people choose blue. I am here for this. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to have a little sip of tea. Build some suspense. Build some suspense. I'll drink air. Because <laughs> Perfect. 
<laughs> it looked like you're doing okay uh here we go uh would you which one would you prefer oh this is ah, savage to have three chins or live in the same place forever three chins really okay three chins yep i have to um I've bounced back and forth a lot. I think that it helps with uh, perspective of life and just knowing your place and a specific place. And as a performer too, building something in Windsor and then moving to Sarnia afterwards, building something here, maybe my next step will be London with my boyfriend. Maybe it will be Toronto, maybe it'll be this, but I can take those learning curves from all these places and then move on with them. With three chins. <laughs> All the better for it. What a fab fabulous answer. Thank you very much. As well as I can hide three chins with makeup, so we're all good. Hide <laughs> three chins with makeup. Okay, that's fabulous. Um, all right, so now, gosh, my head gets going way faster. There's like a little hamster in here that's like, <laughs> okay, so I wanted to ask you first um, how you would classify your drag style. Uh, so my drag style is very, um, I'd say realism, realistic. I try to portray a real female, just through my makeup, through my outfits, uh, through my wigs. I do essentially feminine makeup, like where other people would describe camp and that sort of stuff, alternative. I'm very much, I do my makeup a way that a woman would do her makeup on her face. <clears throat> but I would just alter it by not shaving, but uh, going down the eyebrows and just placing the eyebrows up a little bit higher. And then I do my face like a regular woman would. And then it works for me. So you've got quite a scruffy beard going right now. So I'm assuming that that, that might get in the way a little bit of this, the realism element. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, about a 10 minute shave and then a close shave. And then I'm good to go, shave my body, um, buzz my legs because I go boy body. I don't wear any padding nowadays. I used to. Yeah, now very much realism, real legs, no padding, human hair wigs. Oh, wow. Right down to yeah. the... Wow. That's a nice touch that people might not realize or notice, but does that help you kind of feel more in the character having that real hair wig? Yes and no. Uh, some wigs I prefer to be um, the synthetics. They're better for like styling up into updos. Oh. But if I want to have the flowy hair and have the wind go through my hair where it looks realistic, uh, human hair is a lot lighter. So um, when I do hair flips and all that, just it's less volume on my head. So it just w goes wispy and. I move my head one way and then I go back the other, but my hair kind of still flows behind and does the snap, that sort of thing. You can't, well, you could do that with um, synthetics, but it'd have to be thinned out, in my opinion. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to be practicing my hair flip later to see, because like, <laughs> even without a wig right now, I could see it. Like, you've got elegant movements and it's very natural. Did you have to uh, practice the hair flip or was that just... Um, so I don't practice anything. <laughs> like when I said improv earlier, all my dancing, all my performance is all improv based as well. So if I feel a movement, I'll do it. Wow. And it's kind of like that idea of walking in, into it again in my brain. So um, yeah, all my performances, there's, well, I can't say all of them, but 
the majority of my performances are uh, all improv as well. Wow. There's a couple where there's certain parts where I've choreographed something just so that it's not dead air, but other than that, it's pretty much improv, and that's how I roll with it. My God, and that does not give you seven layers of anxiety. You just you know a song, you're going out, and you yeah, just do so what comes I, naturally. When I when I rehearse or when I hear a song, I get a feeling from the song, so I get an idea from the song, and mm -hmm. um, a lot of the uh, songs that I perform are based off of substance, sex. That's what, like that's the music that I listen to. Those are the core subjects are like substance abuse, recovery, mm. um, sex, lust, that sort of thing. So when I get an idea in my head from these songs, I kind of feel the energy of the song and then I can just perform it with the energy that I feel from the song. And then it makes it easier for me. Wow, that, that takes yeah. a level of confidence that I greatly admire that you, you have that basic idea and you just go out there and feel those emotions, those thoughts, those themes, and bring it to life. Wow. Well, it, it took a lot of um, practice to get that confidence because first it was a theater training in, in high school, so I got to learn about stage presence and mm -hmm. you know traveling and making the most out of a stage setting or an audience setting. But then uh, later on, <clears throat> after I was in rehab, was when I actually started doing drive. So I wanted to bring back this performance sort of lifestyle, but in my own way. I didn't want to do scripted plays. I went to university for a little bit at University of Windsor for the behind-the-scenes stuff, the BA Dramatic Arts. So I learned about costume design, I learned about set design, lighting design, which are all, each color has, has a theme, which has a mood and all that sort of stuff. So just all that information put together helped me with my confidence, the helping the being clean at the times that I was clean helps with confidence. Yeah. Um, there was downfalls here and there within the last four or five years that I have been doing drag. <clears throat> but I'm on the up and up again of seven months, so things are building up again. And uh, yeah, that confidence, once it's built, really doesn't deplete. I've been called everything in the book, so <laughs> nothing that anybody can ever say to me will actually hurt my confidence because I've heard it before. So Yeah, that 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 is something that I've heard um, previously, it, particularly when interviewing people in the, the drag community, is you develop this incredibly thick skin and it, yeah. it leads to a certain kind of confidence. And I, I hate that that is what has led a lot of drag performers to that confidence, yeah. but it is also amazing to see it on on stage and and what is cultivated as a result of of negativity right like it you, you, drag culture really does take a lot of and i'm not i'm just speaking from my experience and what i've observed obviously i can't speak for everybody but there is yeah. a lot of positive being made out of out of negative experience absolutely we take that and it's, and it's kind of the fire that drives us underneath us because um it gives us a lot more drive to prove people that we're not here for malice reasons. We're all here to for self-expression in whatever way that would be. It's, it's, it's art. It's subjective. It's up to the person, the artist, as to how they want to portray that. If a drag queen wants to have a beard, go for it. If that's your fantasy of your made-up character, go for it. 
If you want to be shaved, no padding like me, go for it. If you want to be a camp queen, you go for it. If you want to be a character, or if you want to do, um, oh, what's it called, when people dress up like anime characters and all that, you go and you do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a character. Absolutely. But it's not, and I can't speak for everybody, but for me, it's not something that I want to become. Like, I don't want to become a woman. I'm just satisfied with the illusion that I could extend the reality to some people, to most people, I'll correct myself, to most people that went on stage unconvincingly a woman, when in the back of their head they're like, oh no, that's that's a man on the stage. But while I'm on stage, they're convinced it's a woman on stage. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about drag. I, lo- I love drag so very much. There's so many, so many levels to it. Um, just to, to, to go back a little bit, would you be be comfortable, you mentioned that it was rehab that kind of prompted your drag career, yeah. would you feel comfortable talking about that a little bit more? Yeah, I'm an open book about that. Um, so can, tell me the origin story, um, what, what happened that drag appeared, was it something that was done in rehab or was it, like just tell me nope. all about that origin. Yeah, absolutely, so um, when I was want to say 18 really when university hit um i got a sense of freedom that i never felt before and uh growing up my mom was a single mother and my sister is seven years younger than me so my mom would work midnight so i would have a lot of responsibility with my sister so really i'd never had my hooligan sort of lifestyle when i was younger so when i came to university and i got that sense of freedom and there's frosh weeks and all that sort of stuff i took it a little bit too far by second semester, a lot of people who knew that they were there for a reason, they were there to hit the books, they were there for their education. The second semester, they started hitting the books because they knew that they were there for a reason. But I couldn't move on from that party life. And so <clears throat> I ended up dropping out of university after one semester, and then I ended up going back again, but dropping out again after one semester. It's just the university setting wasn't for me. But at this time, I was uh, living with uh, an ex-boyfriend, and um, we were together for like a year and a half, but um, I I had this mindset that sustaining from sexual pleasure and all that sort of stuff, you know how they say that there's a honeymoon phase? Mm. Well, I didn't know because I never experienced that there was a honeymoon phase. So once that honeymoon phase was near its end where they were, he was abstaining from sex, all that sort of stuff, I felt that he was going out and getting it from somewhere else mm. because my reality was for that chunk of time that I was with him before, that um, that was our reality. So um, I made the impulsive decision to want to hurt him before I found out that he was hurting me. So I intentionally downloaded a dating app and went and cheated on him. And at this meetup, <clears throat> this man asked me if I wanted quote-unquote weed tea and I was naive <laughs> being 18 19 roughly around there um, I was expecting that this guy was going to give me uh, a tea made out of the marijuana leaves and I was gonna get a yeah <laughs> a mug of tea and it would just get me that that weed buzz yeah um, I ended up bringing this uh, pipe with things that looked like glass shards in it and I told myself I said, you're going to take one puff off this. If it doesn't taste like weed, you're leaving because this guy's trying to hurt you. I took that one puff and I was hooked. That was methamphetamine. Oh, fuck. A month month later, I 
had my first needle. Wow. So once I got that rush, um, it was, I was in love. <laughs> and it was a year or so of hiding it behind my mom's back and going out and injecting and having people inject me and all that sort of stuff in winter. Um, but then I went on a trip um, with the boyfriend after that who ended up injecting me and that's why I dated him and went on a Toronto trip and ended up going missing for two days. Like he didn't know where I was, my mom didn't know where I was and I ended up coming home and my mom, and my mom found out on that trip what I was doing. And so then I ended up coming back home and my mom says, you're not my son. I never raised my son like this. Who are you? And um, she gave me an ultimatum and she said, um, either you go get help or you can go keep doing what you're doing, but you're not going to be living here. And so I ended up going to Brentwood Recovering Home in Windsor and did the full 90-day program, graduated. Wow. And it was after that that I felt like this, this calmness, this peaceness over me that I hadn't felt in quite some time. And uh, that's when I decided I was happiest when I was performing in high school. And that's when I'm like, I want to go back to theater, but I don't want to do the in-the-box theater shows where I've to learn this character and, and all the character traits from this character to make it look convincing, I decided, because I, I loved RuPaul's Drag Race before that, that um, drag is something that I know that I can create my own character, and um, essentially it's an extension of myself, but with a different face. So I went through with that, and then four years, five years later, I can't remember how long I've been doing it now, probably four and a half years later, I'm at the point that I am now. Oh. I performed from uh, Windsor to Ottawa. Wow, wow. Thank you very much for for telling me that story. Um, Absolutely. For being so brave. And I'm struck by the, how strong your mom was, too, to say, nope, this yep. is what's going to happen. Either you do this and become the person that I know you are, or you right. keep going on that path and that you responded well to it. It speaks to the connection that you have with her as well. Mom, we don't deserve yeah. mums. Mums are awesome. Um, yeah. Again, my mind is going so fast. We have so many things to talk about. It's such a short window. <laughs> I love what I you said though about your drag being an extension of yourself. Yeah. And do you want to tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So my drag character, Ben Svanova, a lot of character development has happened with her, but if I were to give a brief Twitter bio of her, is um, she's the red light district's woman in the window. So essentially, um, all the personality traits I have from my addictive side, the lustful, the sex-based, all the stuff that I associate with my addictive side, I've uh, categorized and personalized into this character, Ben Zanova, and um, I'm able to still access it from here and there, time to time. So during my performances, I'll give people lap dances, I'll wink at people, I'll flick the tongue, you know, that sort of stuff, like, make it very sexual-based. And uh, the idea with costuming and all that sort of stuff is what would a mannequin in the red light district window be wearing if it was a fairy, if it was a football girlfriend, if it was this. So when I stylize my costumes, I have that in mind. It's like, what would a... What would a um, fantasy-looking football girlfriend look if that was a costume in the Red Light District Woman in the Window? I love that. And so it was a lot of development over the last four years to really get to know 
myself. Mm -hmm. But with that came a lot of confidence because now I know how I go and I base my things, how I base my costumes, how I base my wigs, and it's forever changing because I develop new things about her. And it's essentially like therapy because you're getting to know yourself more bits and more, more bits about yourself. So that's what I love about it. Oh, that's a great way of, of describing it. So do you have an outfit that you are wanting? Something like if you had unlimited funds to create an outfit for a performance, what would that look like? There's a whole bunch of outfits that I want. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've, I've just put down a down payment on another costume that I'm hoping to have by Halloween, um, which is like this big body, or it's this tight bodysuit that's red uh, with uh, see-through cutouts, so it's got a little bit of skin. And then I've got gloves, but on the gloves is like a little backpack, so I'd have spikes hanging out like this behind me. I don't know, every outfit is different. But I'd say I don't have a specific outfit in mind. <clears throat> There's a designer called Donna Matoshi or something like that that I always look at their outfits and I absolutely love them. But um, they do gowns, they do mini dresses and all that, but there's something unique about them. But a big part for costuming for me is asymmetry. I absolutely love asymmetry. It's interesting to the eye having a texture in one place, but then the texture going somewhere else along the body and then somehow connecting, and if it can make my eye go from top to bottom without missing a single aspect of it, I want it, or I love it. So if I got like a little thing off the shoulder here, then maybe it comes out and down this way. I don't know. I like asymmetry. Okay. I'd say that that's my biggest thing when costuming, is finding a way to make it asymmetrical in some way or another. Okay. Whether it's in the structure or in the uh, texture, um, or even just having the costume be symmetrical, but then I've got a wig that comes out like this, hmm. and making it asymmetrical in a different aspect. That's what I love about styling. Oh, okay. That that sounds great. Um, oh, I was gonna. Okay, so I have a confession. I have a, I have kind of a sheepish confession. It's not okay. a great one. I know you got a little excited there for a second, like it was going to be something scandalous. No, it's really not. Um, so when I first saw your your stage name, Benz Manova, I thought, oh, Benz, like Mercedes Benz. How glamorous. I love it. And I was saying the name to myself, and then all of a sudden I went, oh. Benz Manova. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like, oh, it couldn't be any more clear, but naive little... But you know what's funny is that people who have been uh, seeing me perform for, let's say, three years are just figuring out my name now. Okay, okay. Th thank you, because I, I feel so much better, because I was like, really? You didn't catch yeah. on to I've that? people that I've known for two, three years that messaged me like a few months ago and saying, I'm so stupid, <laughs> I just figured out your name, I was tough talking to somebody about you, and then saying your name, my mind went, oh. <laughs> But what's fun about my name, though, is that if I was uh, assigned female at birth, my name would have been Mercedes. Really? So I chose, so I chose that Benz as like a tribute to my mother um, for naming me Mercedes if I was assigned female at birth. And then Minova I chose because uh, people assume that I've got some either Italian or there's some look about me, and especially when I'm in drag, um, 
with the contouring and just the face shape or whatever, I look, don't want to be controversial, but um, I look like a different ethnicity. So um, Minova, I just thought Ben's Minova, it fits. It fits. And also it's so particular that it'll go over people's heads, but if people figure it out, have that mindset and be like, I got you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's cheeky, but okay. I feel so much better now that we've had this pep talk because I was yeah. I was sheepish. I didn't want to tell you in case like I was the one and only person apparently that ever missed this. But I, I like yeah. the uh I feel pretty proud of myself actually that I got the Mercedes part of it. This is just you me should. over here giving myself a little pep talk about your you about your drag name. I like that about drag too, though, is that there can be these cheeky, sassy, hinty type yeah. jokes isn't the right word, but undertones or do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, what, what is the word I'm looking for? Yeah, the name? Yeah. Yeah, um, it alludes to something else. Yeah, yeah. There's a connotation. Yeah, an idea. I, just by the name, you can get an idea that, oh, this is going to be the character that I'm going to see on stage. Ben's Minova. She's going to be going to be slutty she's going to have basically no clothes she's going to have this and then it's kind of like an expectation from the name being like Ben's Minova oh I get it I get an idea of what I might see oh yeah my idea matches what I'm seeing therefore that's smart <laughs> true when you put it that way it's actually quite logical um, yeah. in a sassy sexy kind of way yep um, so we've already we've already hit I usually try to record for about 30-ish minutes, uh, 30, 40 minutes, so we've already hit there. I can't even... We didn't even talk about ghosts! We haven't... Maybe you will. Okay, okay. So usually at the end of the show, I offer... I'd like to offer a platform to the guest to talk about anything. It could be a charity that you're passionate about, uh, an Etsy page, a side hustle, um, anything at all. You could talk about goats if you want to, whatever it is that you would like to spend the next couple of minutes talking about, uh, consider this like a little tiny platform, basically. Yeah, no problem. Well, uh, if people are interested in finding me, um, I am at Ben's Minova pretty well on all social platforms. <clears throat> I do have a regular show monthly at the Crown Cafe Bar and Grill at 785 XMF Street, Sarnia, Ontario. It's a dirty bingo sponsored by Adult Connection. <clears throat> it's a bar show, which means that it's after nine, which means don't that... Don't bring your kids. Don't bring your kids. And that's something I actually do want to touch on, too, is that we'll get a little bit political in this uh, part, but my idea of drag, for me specifically as my character, I am a bar performer. You won't ever see me at um, doing a drag story time because that's just not who my character mm -hmm. is. Um, just like any other so uh, media platform, there's general, there's 13 plus, 18 plus, restricted, that's how, if people think about it, that's how drag can be affiliated as well, because there are performers who are kid-friendly at times of the day where kids, where it should it's be handled when yeah. kids are there, mm -hmm. but for me specifically, I do shows at night, I know my character, I know myself, and this is the developed character that I have. And so I don't associate myself with kids' events. Mm -hmm. If I have to, if I'm hired for them, I do tone back. I do night. I do not restricted songs, any cuss words out, all that sort of stuff. 
But um, as a performer, as Ben Zanova, I do bar shows. I do them after a specific time where kids really aren't present. But if somebody does bring their kids to the show, I'm not going to change who I am, my character, should you. to um, cater to somebody who decided to bring their kids to the show. The onus is not on me. Yeah, I'm the performer. Um, the onus is on, in my opinion, on the parent. Absolutely. That's what parenting and, is about. Yeah. And so I will not take anything on. People don't like who I am. People don't like what I do. That's fine by them. I know my purpose. I know that what I'm doing is right for me. I've set those standards for myself. People have their opinions. I'm okay with them. Mm-hmm. I'm, re- I'm willing to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. But I will not change who I am. I will not change my character because it's so close knit to a part of me that I still need to access mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in order to for Liam to be okay mm-hmm. and pay the bills and make the money and invest. I'm not going to change who I am to cater to a small group of people who decide, oh, I'm going to bring my kids to the show, but it better not have this. That's setting an expectation. Expectations might not be met, and I'm not going to take that onus on. So, if anybody does bring their kids to a drag show, have a real hard thought about it. About the time, about where it is, the location. If you feel like it's not a ideal place for where things might be seen that you don't want your kid to see, it's up to you. <laughs> that was a you know I mean? very, very diplomatic you. way of putting that. Like. It, it really isn't your responsibility as a performer when no. parents have the capacity of looking into finding out what a performance is going to be like and that after 9 p.m. is pretty typical adult time where adult time and also there's legalities in bars as well after a certain amount of time in pubs in bars yes. um, kids are not supposed to be there Yes, and there's a reason there's for that. Ontario, there's Ontario laws about it. So because of adults, I'm not breaking any rules. Yeah, exactly. And you can't hold other people responsible if other things happen. Yes. If it's adult time and a kid looks 19 when they're 16, 17, and advances are made, that's people make mistakes. Is what I'm trying to say. And, but if they're there after a certain time, then it's associated that they are, unless it's visually different. Yes. People assume. Yes. And it's it, it just to, and on the flip side of that, to assume that someone who is performing at a, a story time, a drag story time, is going to depict that same level of sexuality. Like you said, you're a grown ass human being and you know when to calibrate if you are hired for something that includes children, but you are hired yeah. to do an after 9 p.m. thing. You shouldn't have to have a recalibration of your performance just because one dumbass parent brought a ch- oh, okay, I'm getting a little <laughs> You're getting a little heated. I am. I'm not well, as diplomatic I, as I you are. That there are performers who do have a um, before 8, 9 p.m. persona and costumes set for that and then costumes set for after dark battle time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We do um, separate them. I, in my own way, have my um, family-friendly things where I'm fully covered, but it's not opaque, 
and maybe see through, but if the light hits it at a certain way, you may see it. If the light hits it at a certain way, you might not see it. So unless you're looking for it, you'll find it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's but that's my family-friendly thing, is that costumes that I have that might be see-through have a whole bunch of gems and stuff on it, so there's a whole bunch of distraction and all that, but I still feel like my character. There you go. And, I mean, you could probably yeah. see more at the beach than you can in a lot of drag ensembles, even even the racier ones. So, bottom line, it's the parents' choice. They have to, to figure that out. In my opinion, it's onus on the parents to make those decisions. Yes. As a performer, we have our standard, and we're not... I'm speaking for myself. Yes. I'm not there to make anybody uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I'm there because one is therapy for me. My drag is my therapy for me, and also I'm there to entertain people. Mm -hmm. And I know my fit audience that I like to entertain, but if I get hired for a um, an event that's all ages, family friendly, for example, Sarnia Pride, I chose my costumes accordingly. I did not swear on the mic. I somehow managed to get through it without being my after nine self and the show went great. Mm -hmm. Nobody had any complaint. That's good. That's so good I can change and alter based on the setting. But exactly on the expectation of the setting, and that's the yeah. that's the the bottom line there, I suppose. And you make a good point. We have to say, I am speaking for me. This is my personal okay. opinion. Um, I think I could take a page from your book on how to chill the fuck out and say my opinions with a little more grace. But I'm working on it. Um, but anyway, thank you very much. This was uh, this was wonderful. I can't believe how quickly it went by, and I feel like I want to talk to you about a million other things, especially this ghost <laughs> thing. Like I keep coming back to it. Um, oh yeah, ugh, I love that kind of stuff. But anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you for for taking the time with me today. This was wonderful. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. Um, hopefully, our paths will cross soon, and we can chat about ghosts. I'll see you on the street or something and I'll be like, oh my god! You'll see this woman running after you and you'll know Come it's find me. find me on Tuesday night. There you go. There we go. <laughs> From two until nine. Come see me. <laughs> wonderful. Okay. Um, thank you, Liam. This was wonderful. Um, thank yeah. you. We'll uh, Appreciate it. hopefully chat another time. Okay. Absolutely. Bye. Okay, kids. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.